This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, our next guest is a former Facebook employee. Frances Haugen uh, became a well-known figure when she leaked tens of thousands of pages of internal documents and later revealing her identity on 60 Minutes in 2021. Now, she's also testified before Congress, sending shockwaves through Washington amidst a ongoing debate surrounding Facebook and other social media companies' role in spreading misinformation, uh, particularly during the 2020 U.S. election. Uh, Ms. Haugen worked as Facebook's lead product manager on the civic misinformation team, initially uh, intending to contribute to the company's leading efforts to improve user safety. Now, since revealing herself as a source behind tens of thousands of pages of leaked documents, uh, Ms. Haugen has advocated for laws in the U.S. abroad uh, and abroad that aim to make social media safer for kids. And earlier this month, a McGill University Center for Media, Technology and Democracy announced Ms. Haugen is joining as senior fellow in residence where she will support its research and public engagement uh, on online safety policy and youth digital rights. And Ms. Haugen will be speaking at UBC tomorrow at 4.15, the Lou Center uh, for Global Issues. And she joins us now. Francis, thank you for speaking to us today. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, perhaps a snapshot. Uh, when I introduced you here, 2021 is when you when you came out and you explained why uh, it was important for us to pay attention to what was happening at Facebook. Uh, it is 2023 now. Uh, how would you view social media today? Is it worse or is it the same? You know, it's interesting. On a, on, a, on a societal level, I think we've moved a huge distance forward. You know, we've, we've done things like Europe passed the Digital Services Act, which for the first time anywhere in the world gave us the right to ask questions of these platforms mm-hmm. and get answers. But at the same time, the platforms themselves, they haven't changed as much. You know, it doesn't matter that the Surgeon General came out of the United States and made his first advisory involving technical products, you know, software and mental health just last week. The platforms are cutting their safety budgets because they know no one can hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg keeps talking about how the year of efficiency is just so great, but he doesn't talk about how that means he does things like cut safety teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned uh, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy uh, commenting on social media. Here's uh, a comment from him uh, last week. We see rates of depression and anxiety and suicide and loneliness going up among young people. And I'm concerned that social media is an important driver of that youth mental health crisis. Uh, This is the defining public health issue of our time, youth mental health. I appreciate that the technology companies have taken some steps uh, to try to to keep kids safe, but it hasn't been nearly enough. What's at stake here is, is our kids and their future, plain and simple. Uh, So Francis, moving forward, is this a, a policy issue that must that has to be addressed by government, or mm. can we demand more from these companies? Because they certainly haven't moved much uh, mm-hmm. since you first spoke out. Something that most people aren't aware of is that the tech companies are kind of locked in a standoff where, you know, they know things like keeping under 13-year-olds actually off their platforms moves the needle a tremendous amount in terms of teen mental health, at least according to the, the studies that have been done so far. But if you're the first company that really draws that hard line for protecting kids, you know, you're, you're giving up on the next generation of users. 
Or, for example, if you're the only company that, that provides tools to help kids go to bed when they want to go to bed, you know, right now a third of, t- of teenagers in the United States say they use social media till midnight or later on many weekdays. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're the first company to do that, people will ask, why are you the only one doing these safety things? Are you more dangerous than other people? So I think we need some safe standard rules of the road. We need, you know, it's just like all cars have to have seatbelts. All cars have to have airbags. We don't need to worry about those first mover problems for cars anymore. We need the same thing for social media. So for social media, that means that they have to be a little less lucrative in regards to doing this. Just a smidge. You know, if we were going to add up how much money they make off of kids after midnight versus how much they make up out of the first few hours those kids are online each day, companies aren't giving up that much revenue. They're just scared of being that, you know, the first mover. Where do you see Canada in this? You raised the issue of Europe, mm-hmm. and I've always seen Europe uh, as being being um, quite aggressive uh, and probably leading the world in some cases in regards to big tech and, and social media and some of the policy uh, decisions they've made. Where does Canada sit? Is it sort of like the United States? We've done a lot of mm. talking, but we haven't done enough in regards to mm. actually implementing policy. You know, it's interesting. You know, right now we look at the, at Europe and we think they're being really aggressive. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling we're going to look back in five or ten years and say, wow, they passed one of the more moderate laws. Because what we're seeing right now is the level of suffering from kids, even from adults, it keeps going up. And so we're starting to see things like in the United States, Utah banning basically youth privacy online or Montana you know, outright banning TikTok. Mm-hmm. Canada's in this really interesting place where I think uh, they can be a world leader in terms of, you know, reinforcing that idea that we can have laws that protect freedom of speech that are moderate laws and then help other countries pass similar laws, mm-hmm. a, a leadership role that Canada has had many times before on other issues. I, I have a we have a 14 year old at home and I, I actually live through exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it is just uh, it is uh, it's tough some days in regards to their need Imagine. to be on social media uh, yeah. and making sure they're safe as well. But uh, I'm curious as to your personal yeah. journey as well. You are an incredibly bright person, smart person. Uh, you, your parents are both come from academia, mm-hmm. uh, engaged individual. And then to work for Facebook, one of the well-known companies in the world, talk to me a little bit about your personal journey where you go to Mm. to make change and Mm. then you decide, no, there's something wrong here and I have to speak out. So I'm I'm a little bit of an anomaly um, for the job that I had in that I have an MBA from Harvard. So I, I care a lot about organizational behavior, and I think it's a big part of what, you know, either leads companies to be successful or not successful, and that's why I got an MBA. Mm-hmm. And when I was at Facebook... I joined Facebook when they had one of the most established, most uh, renowned uh, uh, groups focused on being a responsible social actor. It was called Civic Integrity. Mm -hmm. And while I was at Facebook, they dissolved that team. And that was the moment when I realized, you know, Facebook is not going to be able to fix these problems on their own. They need the public to come and help them solve these problems. Is it solvable? Because I know um, a few weeks ago we did a segment mm-hmm. on this show talking about it was Americans actually, American parents and school boards mm-hmm. suing social media. And you had lawyers who mm-hmm. in the past have done, uh, done uh, mm-hmm. class action lawsuits uh, in regards to asbestos now looking at social media as perhaps yep. the next frontier. Mm-hmm. Um, is And you mentioned uh, Montana and a few other states as well. Mm-hmm. Is this where this is all headed then? I think the question, we, we are definitely facing 
a new relationship with social media. The question we should be asking is, which kind of new relationship do we want? The kinds of laws that are cutting edge are things like what the European Union is doing, where they say, hey, if companies got to test their own airbags, if they got to test their own seatbelts, I don't think parents would feel safe with their kids in those cars, right? We have oversight. We have transparency so that we're all playing by the same rules. We need those kinds of laws. Unfortunately, certain things like big tech companies like Facebook have been flooding places like Canada with lobbyists saying we can't do anything. And the reality is at some point enough kids will be harmed that we will move. So the question is moderate laws now or emotional laws like what Montana or, or Utah passed in the future. Um, should these companies be broken up? Like, like mm. I'm talking Standard Oil and some of the other 1930s and 40s totally. conversation. Uh, should they just be broken up because we've allowed them to get too big? Mm. So a lot of people raise this issue. They say, hey, if we had more competition, more real choice between our social media, there'd be an incentive for these companies to play, play, play well, like play better. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I know that seems intuitive, but one of the challenges is these are all what are known as network-based systems. So you go on social media, go on Facebook, because, you know, you can post a picture and your grandma's going to see it. If that new social media platform doesn't have you and grandma, you're not going to have that same incentive. And so I think this is a case where it's like the car companies. We need to have product safety rules. We need consumer rights, like the right to reset an AI algorithm, the right to get to make choices, to consent when we use this, not just doom scroll till midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think antitrust will be uh, a ma- the magic bullet we want it to be. Is any region doing this well or leading the way? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think the European Union has been uh, doing a good job of saying, hey, we can't have public democratic conversations about content moderation, about uh, misinformation, about uh, and, uh, kids' safety if we, if we can't ask questions and get answers. Mm-hmm. And I, I want the public to understand even very basic questions like how many moderators speak, you know, uh, French is a question that Facebook refuses to answer. So what, we need laws like that. Uh, we've been talking about Facebook. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I would love to get your assessment mm-hmm. about Elon Musk and mm-hmm. his handling of Twitter and where we are and where we're going with Twitter. You know, I, I, I feel like sometimes in the tech accountability space, I'm like the only person who gives Elon any positive words because um, I, I know that many people are frustrated with Elon because he came in and he's been very dramatic. But Elon Musk is the only person who's ever published a, uh, an algorithm that ran a social media platform before. He did that, and we should give him credit for those kinds of things. At the same time, he cut his safety teams. He is still an unaccountable single you know, CEO. You know, he's kind of like Mark Zuckerberg that way. We don't have appropriate governance. And he needs to open up transparency. And so I, I think he's a great illustration of when we have kings that rule our social spaces, we're not going to have democratic accountability. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Haugen, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure.